Bill is a failed skydiver and a bear sometimes he runs. Ben's always traveling, an occasional beach bum. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, BHP Town Hall. Ben created Eye on Off, he's a comic book fanatic. Phil made Pyro CMS, he's probably in a kayak. Phil talks a lot, Ben not at all. It's BHP. Town Hall. Random guests, alcohol, PHP, Town Hall. Eight of the PHP Town Hall podcast. We have myself, Ben Edmonds, along with Phil Sturgeon. Hello. Today's guest is Jenny Wong. Hello. Today we're going to be doing a uh, kind of group chat about code of conducts because we, uh, you know, we hate ourselves in our email inbox, apparently. <laughs> Right, so let's jump in here. Uh, for those who don't know Jenny, Jenny, who are you? What do you do? Things like that. Uh, hi, I'm Jenny. I'm from based in the UK, and I am a developer who mainly works in um, WordPress at an enterprise level for a company called Human Made. Cool. Uh, where do we want to start, people? This is a pretty big topic. So, Phil? Yeah. Um, I, I thought one good way to, to, to roll into the conversation would be... Uh, when you try talking about the code of conduct stuff, a lot of people, unfortunately, um, think that it's a, a pro and an anti, like it's a for or against, and you fall into one of the two camps. Uh, this kind of partisan thinking is is pretty damaging and detrimental to the entire conversation because then people just make assumptions about what you're saying, and it's it's quite annoying. Um, so I'm wondering how many how many different um, uh, pro and anti groups have you seen? Because I've got like five different, six different uh, groups so far. Um, well, so first, let's go a little further back, actually, yeah. context for people that aren't familiar with what's going on in this draft. Oh, yeah, yes. of course. <laughs> so uh, there's an RFC submitted by Anthony um, Ferraro for PHP that was a basically just a guideline for a code of conduct for the PHP community, and that's specifically for contributors to PHP, the docs or the source or things around that, around the mailing list, um, that's what we think. So that's really kind of the driver of this conversation is the idea of the code of conduct for the PHP internals. Right. Um, that is one immediate piece of confusion that people have been putting uh, around, is that it affects the entire PHP community. It, a code of conduct like this would have um, some effects on the PHP community, as in um, you know contributors may get booted out if they're harassing and bullying people, um, but it would also bring more to the table. I know uh, three or four women that said they'd love to be involved with PHP, but they can't handle the toxic kindergarten um, that that uh, other people seem to be better at handling. Um, so the only effects on PHP are that we'd get more people coming to contribute and we might lose a bully or two if they consistently insist on bullying people. So it doesn't really seem like a problem there. Um, I would say that like, it's not a guaranteed thing, though. That's, that's what the, you know... Um, that's what people are saying that that will happen, but the reality might be a little different, purely based on time constraints and other things in life. But at least... You know, I think the thing about PHP internals, you know, I was one of those people who tweeted out when this happened. When I saw that um, PHP internals was, dis you know, going down the drain of being anti and people being against it, I was just like, this is a big shame for the PHP community. Mm. And a lot of people, you know, tweeted back at me saying, hey, you know, PHP, PHP internals is not PHP community. And I agree with that. You know, I, I know the difference. You know, PHP internals is definitely a subgroup. If yeah. anything, the core group of the PHP community, considering they are, you know, the thing that makes PHP, you know, 
like all everyone else's jobs kind of centers around that whole concept of the internals team and what they're producing. Um, but the reality of it, when I say that I'm disappointed in the PHP community, I'm disappointed that, you know, as a community, we couldn't put enough, you know, pressure on the internals to kind of be the forward leaders of what our community would like to be, even though a lot of people, when I talk to them day to day, you know, they want it, but they just don't know how to get there. And yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the hard part. So, like, for me, when I said that I was disappointed with the PHP community, I really meant it because, you know, I'm disappointed that as a, as a group of people, we couldn't have enough an effect that internals wouldn't even not consider a COC, but just go, yeah, we need a COC, that's agreed. Yeah. How, and the question, the question then is then, how are we implementing a COC and what does that COC contain? Um, yeah, so a little more context for people, the reason Jenny's saying that um, she was disappointed is that there was a lot of pushback to the idea of the COC, and not even um, so much on the content, but just the idea of it. So there's discussion back and forth, still ongoing, and eventually um, Anthony Ferrara, who submitted the original RFC, kind of uh, just noped out of the conversation because he had had too much uh, what he felt people was were, harassment. People were questioning his sexuality. They were making assertions that he was trying to push a code of conduct just to impress women, if he was even interested in women. All these crazy things were being said. Like, he was getting a lot of slack, a lot of flack, sorry. Um, and it was it was a lot. Uh, so he was just like, well, you know, I tried screwy people. And it wasn't just like, oh, Anthony's having another tantrum. It was He was getting some horrendous stuff sent to him. And I completely understand why he was just like, ah, you, can, you can deal with this yourselves. Um, yeah, and so since then it's been taken back over by Derek, if I remember right. Um, yeah, Derek Revan yeah, and um, and, uh, and Davy Shackfick is helping out uh, somewhat with with helping build a custom um, uh, code of conduct piece of text. Um, various other languages uh, have custom situations. Not everyone's implemented an existing standard, which is absolutely fine. Um, much I'm not entirely sure about the, the going the custom approach because uh, personally I feel like it's it's like um, just like code guidelines, just like PSR2, right? If you can, you can sit there and you can argue all day long about how you should make a, a custom uh, code guideline or a custom anything, and there's going to be a lot of bike shedding and backwards and forwards and everything else. Um, when there are existing standards that you can just go, uh, just use that one, and then people know how everything works and it's consistent. Uh, there is a lot to be said for going with a standard, but I, I do, I would appreciate um, any code of conduct that, that solves the problems, um, as long as as long as it does actually solve solve the problems at hand. Yeah, that's kind of where I am. I would prefer, like, Contributor Covenant or something that's already been worked out in another community that's been yeah. iterated on and has evolved over time versus doing it from scratch. Because in a way, doing it from scratch seems to be a way for people to, to make it less effective or less strong. Yeah. Seems to be a lot of the motivation for that. Yeah. But something is better than nothing. I agree. Yeah, definitely agree. Something is better than nothing. I mean, I, do, I feel like whenever I have these conversations with people about whether we should have a code of conduct, I always question, well, you know, we all go to work. I, at least I assume most of us have a job and we go to work, and would you join a company that has an anti-harassment policy or not? You know, mm. one of the first questions I ask a company now, like when I joined Human Made, the f one of the very first questions I asked was, do you have an anti-harassment policy? And I don't ask that because, you know, I expect to get into a company and get harassed. I, it's not the case. It's the case of... I have been harassed at work, and it wasn't nice. Yeah. And I like to know that there is a piece of document that I can read when you know that time comes. If that time comes, you know you touch wood, that doesn't happen. But if it happens, then you know you want to know that you have a 
you know, a document that says this is how we handle it and this is what you should do next. So that right. when you're in that flight of, you know, not knowing what to do, something is there to tell you what to do. And uh, you'd and also probably it's important. Yeah. And you'd also probably hope that that wasn't written by um, the engineering department. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell do they know about that stuff? Why are they writing that? Like you'd you'd hope that the anti-harassment policy at your startup or large corporation was written by some smart lawyers, um, people that know all about this stuff, and um, was probably just like reused. Like if you're at a startup, why would you invest time on coming up with a custom anti-harassment policy? That just seems like a ridiculous thing to do. So you'd be like, oh, here's here's one. Just use that. Seems good. Yeah, and the thing about anti-harassment policies at work is that they're not there just to protect your employees, but actually also to protect the company as a whole mm. right so that as a company as a boss as a you know as the team lead you know how to handle a situation as well so it's as much like an anti-harassment policy as much help the company as much as it helps the harasser and the harassee like yeah. everyone knows you've joined this company therefore you signed up to this agreement uh, I think the hardest thing is when you don't have one and then you them enforce one, which is what's happened in the PHP community. We've not had a code of conduct before, and all of a sudden, we're we're trying to like suggest that we are enforcing a set of rules on people, and people don't like change. Is you know, fact of life. I don't like change, <laughs> so um, you know, people naturally don't like change. So a bit like it's easier to be defensive against something um, before you actually become become aware of why you need it, and I think that's part of the problem. Um, Whereas yeah. if, like, for new people especially, like, say, you know, in 10 years' time, if the COC happens, 10 years down the line, people would have forgotten this argument, right? They would just be like, oh, yeah, COCs in open source projects, totally normal. Yeah, I mean, just like putting a readme.md and a contributing.md, you put a conduct.md, which is like, yo, don't, be, you know, don't bully each other, please. Thanks. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know GitHub did a, a, a large push to get a lot of open source projects to actually have a license. Um, yeah. Purely because actually, without a license, it's not open source. Um, it's one of my pet hates when people are like, "Oh yeah, we open source <laughs> something," and it's like, "Don't see a license. Um, don't know how to use this." You know, it's one of those things. If we can sell it as a default for when you create your project, it'd be great. Um, but it it takes time. It takes a lot of mindset change, and I I, I appreciate that that's the case. Um, but I think over time, you know, hmm. it's not going to be a, it's not going to be an overnight fix. That's for sure. Right. Yeah, and conferences have been kind of going down this path for a while now. I mean, there's been a kind of a big push in the past couple of years for conferences to get good conducts. Yeah, and I haven't been to a single conference that doesn't have one. Not to. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, some of them are much more strong than others, but yeah, most yeah, do know. So I've noticed this. Um, a few people in, have, have said... Uh, well, you know, at a conference, you absolutely need a code of conduct because, you know, the, the, you're there in physical presence and people can grab and be gross. Um, but uh, as <laughs> we'll talk about sunshine in a minute, but um, people are, people seem to think there's a massive difference between um, in person where there can be physical problems um, and online where there's only someone being mean on the Internet. Now, um, I, I really do have to stress that these things don't always stop at the end of Twitter. Like when people... Um, I've been involved in, in some arguments where people are like slandering shit about me and posting articles around that were like written by my ex-girlfriend and like saying that I was a bad guy. Like I've had all this really weird stuff where people share this stuff around and even though I can close down Twitter, this stuff's still happening. I'm still being harassed. Um, I'm still, you know, these things, these bad things happen and I, it happens to other people a lot more than myself. But um, point being, uh, 
uh, it's not like the only problems can ever be physical. There can be awful things that happen. People can be awful about you and talk behind your back and cause problems that might get you fired or might not get you invited to the next conference or various things. Um, and people can still be made to feel unsafe via email and via via um, internals posts. They can, I mean, we got screamed at by someone who was like threatening to castrate us. Actually, funnily enough, me and Paul Jones were being screamed at by someone who was threatening to castrate us next time she saw us at a conference. And we were like, what the fuck? Um, Why? Uh, she accused Paul Jones of being a rape apologist and I stupidly defended him thinking he wasn't a misogynist and I'm, I've started to question that choice recently but um, anyway <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very long story but yeah she was like threatening to kill and castrate us and like attack us and stuff and just because she's saying that online doesn't make it any less concerning because at some point yeah, it could be in person I mean, so. I mean like you know like no one should live in fear that, you know for any particular reason no one should ever live in fear I don't think it's fair no matter what kind of person you are um and it's definitely it's definitely like i think a lot of people look at code of conduct and say oh it only protects minorities but it's not the case it really isn't it should be just protecting people like protecting our community yeah absolutely um i had this something i was going to talk about earlier um was the kind of the, the various different camps that i've noticed and it'd be interesting if you could throw in um any more that you may have noticed because um when people confuse a simple uh, when people confuse a complex nuanced problem into for and against or good or bad, then the entire argument is completely unobtainable. And um, Jenny, you're talking about, you know, how do we as a community uh, uh, try and convince anyone that we need this thing uh, or how do we ask for it to happen? The, the best way to do that is to, to notice the different groups there are and, and try and, you know, help other people be have the conversation in a useful way. So uh, my list so far, which is not completely uh, uh, extensive, um, the pro camps. There's pro. Sure, they're a good idea, I guess. People kind of want one, but they're not, you know. Uh, there's everyone needs a code of conduct, or you're a bigot. If you're against it, then you're a bigot and you're a bad person. And they're the pitchfork mob, which we don't mm -hmm. want or need. Most of us aren't doing that. Um, there's the, I'd like one, but I don't really want to talk about it, so you, you work it out yourselves. Um, and there's also uh, people like myself who think, give me a second, I think code of conduct's, are stupid. I think they should theoretically be completely unnecessary, but they are an unfortunate necessity. They should be unnecessary. We shouldn't need them. Um, and anyone that thinks they're daft is is to an extent right. But unfortunately, we do need them. In the same way that like peanuts say may contain nuts. There's that one person that needs to be told, like the one percent person that needs to be told, don't bully and harass people. Don't be a asshole right the, those are the people we're talking to so the, the the smart people that are like wow these things are silly i mean yeah you're completely really right they shouldn't be necessary but they bloody well are um yeah, it's also like i mean that's like saying oh we should all just know you shouldn't murder people exactly right? if we knew how to do it there wouldn't be a lot about that you know? <laughs> right yeah. Of course I wouldn't murder people. I wouldn't murder people. Therefore, no one else is going to murder people. Why would you murder people? Uh, there's yeah. quite a yeah. few murders. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a few more groups to that. I think there's um, definitely, you know, there are a lot of people who want a code of conduct and, you know, secretly are, like, shaking pom-poms and, and cheering this on but just don't want to say anything. Yeah. Basically, on the fear of people are going to throw tomatoes at them, um, I'm definitely... Or, or bricks. <laughs> or, or bricks, hate, yeah. Hate-filled bricks. Um, um, I'm definitely in that camp, you know. When I saw the RSC, I was cheering it on and I just figured, hey, like, I don't... I, I'm not sure if I want to put my voice out there because, you know, it's... I'm not sure how people are going to respond to what I would say, right? Yeah. 
um, purely, especially for somebody who has never been in internals. Like, I don't even know how to do internals. Um, someone yeah, had to explain to me how mailing lists work, and like, ex like I was just like, I just <laughs> click left and right, and I just read things, and I think I'm reading it in the right order, but you know. I just, mailing lists don't make sense to me, naturally, like, it's just not... Theirs is the worst I've ever seen. Getting on it was incredibly hard. I had to, like, <laughs> add a new Gmail account. Using, like, a 20-year-old, like, bulletin board software. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah, and then and there's, like, me, who's, like, I'm a, I'm a developer, but this thing doesn't make sense, and yet we're <laughs> meant to be trying to follow this conversation, that's, and no. Yeah, that's not a fault <laughs> of your own, by any means. <laughs> no, but I think, I think, like, you know, that just trying to, like, work out what's going on, at what time, how things are going on, you know, these yeah. 10,000 different conversations at the same time, it makes people scared to have a voice because you're not sure what backlash there will be. Yeah. I mean, I, I spoke at PHP UK last year um, about bridging communities, which is something I truly believe in, and one of the comments that I got, which actually got deleted by the user, um, afterwards but like you know um, joined in automatically sends you the email as soon as they press send yeah. so you get a copy in your inbox and it was like I did not pay to watch a teenage girl cry on stage <laughs> I was like hang on a second I didn't say I was a teenager what the fuck like, and uh, I didn't cry on stage either but you know your assumptions are awesome so oh, yeah. and like I literally was just like how I, was, I remember being at like the after party and being like not knowing how to respond to this. And uh, Lorna yeah. and Rob yeah. Allen were literally like, switch off your phone, Jenny, and enjoy, <laughs> enjoy you know, the company that you have around you. Like, deal with that tomorrow. But it was hard. It's really, really hard. It's really hard to swallow when someone like you know, attacks you personally. And maybe they're not intentionally attacking you personally, but it definitely feels that way when people are, are questioning your, your opinion and your judgment. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to sit here and explain to you, you know, the last 24 hours conversations that I've had with various different people in the community because, A, it's none of your business, and, B, you know, if they come to me, it's purely down to the fact they know they can trust me to not talk about it and not, you know, start gossiping about it. That's, you know, if you come to me with a, a problem and, you know, in the community and, you know, you're, you're coming to me for advice... That's where it ends. Like my brain gets wiped when I go to sleep. It's kind of useful yeah. for things like this. <laughs> well, that's that's the hard part of this stuff, right? Isn't it? Uh, because both sides are playing the burden of. Oh, sorry, I say both sides, but uh, there are people on on both uh, one of the various pro camps and, and one of the various anti camps um, who are playing the burden of proof game, which is quite unfortunate. Um, because the people who would like to see a code of conduct because they know that these things happen, they are left with the burden of proving that these things happen. Now you should know that there are people out there being gross, bullying, harassing, being inappropriate. Um, and and you should just know that. That should be quite clearly obvious. Um, but uh, unfortunately, they play the burden of proof game. And when it, I'm not going to throw a victim under the bus. If someone's told me about something that's happened, which I've heard plenty of things, um, if, I'm not going to be like, well, she had this happen to her and then this other... Like, I'm not going to start sharing dirty laundry. That's completely inappropriate. So then if you give like vague um, outlines of things that have happened, then they start like posting that all over Reddit. I gave one example of a... Um, of a, uh, a the, 
of a conference organizer who um, had something terrible happen at their conference when they didn't have a code of conduct from a sponsor and they weren't comfortable kicking the sponsor out. So they were left in this really awkward state. So then they had the code of conduct and said, even if you're a sponsor, we can kick you out. They're like, cool, now the, 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 that this person is protected. I gave that as a vague example and someone posted that all over it. Like, finally, Phil Sturgeon tells us what all the SJWs need this code of conduct for because someone was too much of a pussy to kick out someone who was harassing or couldn't police them. Uh, or couldn't call the police. If you give vague information, then they like try and pick holes in it. Um, and if you give yeah. specific information, they try to disprove that person and scream and say why she's a liar and why why you know he did this or whatever. Um, yeah, and that's I mean, completely inappropriate. You can throw people under the bus. No, you can't throw people under the bus. Like people come to you, you know, out of trust, out you know the fact that they trust you to deal with this situation discreetly, mostly. You know, if they didn't want it to be dealt discreetly, either A, they would have already screamed and shouted about it themselves already, um, and B, you know, they wouldn't have just talked to you at all. Um, it comes down to trust and trusting and knowing what they'll do. So when I have people, you know, I've had, I've been to conferences which I'm not even organizing, and people come up to me and said, Jen, this has happened. We trust you that, you know, you know what to do. And I was just like, okay, like, introduce me to the person that, you know, needs to, you know, that I need to talk to. I get introduced to them. We go and sit in a corner. We have a very private and a very frank conversation. And I say, well, what do you want to do next? Like, you know, and a lot of the times it's a case of a lot of the times they won't go straight to the organizers because they don't feel like it really happened to them. When harassment happens, one of the first things that happens is like, you're like, did, did that just happen? Like, no, that did, that, def that definitely did not happen. Just that I did not hear them just call me. That's a misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I must have just misheard. You know, I've got maybe it was a bad idea. joke. <laughs> I know, like uh, maybe I just don't get what they're talking about. You know, maybe yeah. that means something else in their culture. You literally end up blaming everything else except for the actual p what they really said. And the amount of times this has happened to me, where I'm just like, oh yeah, whatever. I'm just like so plaisé about it because it happens so often to me that it it only takes for people to point it out to me like did they really just say that to you about like fried rice and whatever not and I'm like I guess so yeah and it and it's almost like you just get to a point where you're like I, it's just normal for me because it happens a lot but that doesn't make it acceptable it doesn't make it right um, and it's you know over the years where I've just realised that yeah that's gonna keep people out of the communities. Mm. And that's so. One problem I think is that people, uh, well, there are many problems, but something I've noticed is that, is that people are concerned that a one off infraction of any description uh, will lead to insta bans, right? Like, this is this, this very heavy handed, uh, 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 the very he heavy handed use of this theoretical ban um, hammer that people are very scared of. Now, when as you said, like when you're talking to people, sometimes you just think they might have made a bad joke or you don't necessarily realize it. And, and they, in the same way, might be thinking the same thing. They make, make a joke and they're like, oh shit, that sounded a bit racist. Uh, don't mention it, just move along, move along, right? Um, not to like defend harassers, but I'm saying there are many instances uh, where either side might misunderstand. Um, and so the point is, the point of a code of conduct isn't to, you know, ban everyone from every conference or, or PHP project. Like, you make one bad joke or you say something that somebody misunderstands and therefore you're kicked off the project and you can't contribute and you lose your job, right? It's a complete paranoid um, assumption that's what's going to happen. Uh, it's more about... Uh, just like having a anti harassment policy at work where where if, if you if you say something, if, if you're acting in an inappropriate way to somebody and and 
you keep doing it, <laughs> that's when it becomes harassment. That's, that's over time. If you're inappropriate and then you're warned and then you choose to continue doing it, that is when someone's being an even bigger problem. And, and that's the sort of thing that code of conducts are, are, are help with. Um, there was a friend of mine that uh, used to work at a company and uh, it was it was like a little startup and she was the only female engineer there and they were consistently making um, racist jokes, sexist jokes, uh, talking about her body, which guys don't do to each other um, very often. And, and they were just being inappropriate all the time. She personally had asked them to stop, and eventually she went to the uh, the CEO of the of the startup, and uh, and they said, "Yeah, you're right. It is a bit of a boys' club here. I'm not sure what what we can do about this. Like, I know they're just making jokes, and they don't mean anything bad by it. Um, and I know you're uncomfortable about that, but I just don't know what we can do about this situation." And uh, in the end, she was like, "Well, I guess I'll go work somewhere else." And he was like, "I." I guess that's the solution, right? It it give <laughs> that's and not that's a very good structure. That's fucking that's, ridiculous. No, that's that's not acceptable. I think, you know, the one of the things that I've learned on the way is I watched a talk by a lady called Karen. I can't remember her second name, and she did a keynote at Fosdem. I think it not last year, basically. It'll be Fosdem last year, and it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, and the one thing that she basically goes on about is, um. When you see things like this happening, a lot of the time you just need to question, did I really just say that? Or did I did I really just hear that? And actually saying that's not cool is a lot of the time enough to stop people in their actions and make them think about, actually, how did my words just affect somebody? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think people intentionally go out and make other people miserable. I, I think, I mean, I know there are certain people who do that on the internet, but They're a small minority, right? A very small minority who happen to have megaphones. You don't know who gave them megaphones, but they definitely have megaphones. Um, but I think for majority of people, and I mean like probably 99% of people, we will say things that we didn't mean. Um, and at least we'll say things that are not worded in the way that we actually truly mean in our heads. And this doesn't just happen to, you know, Men, women, trans people—it just, or you know, non-binary people—it happens to everybody, and it just happens to me all the time. Where I'll be at work, you know, and someone will say something, I will comment on it, and because I'm like short on time or something, or you know, my brain's somewhere else, I'll just quickly comment on something that I didn't really mean to say, or at least I didn't mean it to sound as harsh or as disapproving or as you know upsetting as it actually comes out in, and. I always end up with like direct messages from my, you know, from someone else in the company going, "Hey Jen, are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why? What have I done now?" And it turns out that I've just written something that could have been just written a little bit nicer, maybe not just as blunt as I am usually. And you know, it's just, you know, the way people read things is not always going to be the same because everyone has different cultural references. Um, Working in a um, human made is a distributed company, so a lot of our communication is online. It's all you know with people from all different um, parts of the world with all different backgrounds. And what's really interesting is you know someone said, oh, like one of our colleagues said, um, I'm off to water the mushrooms, and I actually had to question, was that a thing for going to the pit stop like in the UK or it's like what does watering the mushrooms actually mean I know I said does that actually mean watering the mushrooms or do you actually mean like something else Are you, like is there like a cultural difference that I don't know about and they're <laughs> like no 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 I'm actually growing mushrooms and I was like oh, okay cool right. but like 
there were different things that I said all over the world. You know, I was writing um, a thing for Workout London, and I was just like, yeah, we've got a bigger breaks breakout times um, this year, so it's gone from ten minutes to twenty minutes, so that you can do X, Y, and Z, and also get to the pit stop, and. Um, one of the Italian organizers was like, that's the most British thing I've heard all week. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's something that we would just say. And it's something that I yeah. wouldn't realize other people wouldn't say. Um, until you meet these other people from different cultures. And I think that's important. Right. Um, PHP is basically a distributed company where pe no one gets paid. And we're all mad. But <laughs> that's what it really is. It's a distributed company all working towards the PHP internals. That's our product. So you're going to get these culture classes. And having some respect for each other is all we're asking for. But actually, like, a code of conduct is there to basically, when someone is not willing to respect cultures and not willing to actually say, OK, that's not cool. I've been told and I've not learned from my mistakes. That's when, you know, being banned for, for a week until you actually get the point, you know, there's not a lot that other people can do. Like, if you think of all the all the different things that the PHP internals could do to you, that's the only one really that could be effective. Um, and that's yeah. it's an it's an ideal, but and also there's uh, it was a seven day ban, right? That's a very good thing that you you brought up was the the mediation team. Uh, we haven't actually mentioned the mediation team so far. Um, no. So quickly to do that, uh, the proposed code of conduct RFC for PHP um, had a single code of conduct, like a standard code of conduct that was the contributor mm -hmm. covenant, which everyone's very paranoid and, and wrong about, but um, it had th that, that standard uh, and then wrapped around it some rules, uh, such as the mediation process. Now, this this is considered the teeth of the code of conduct because a code of conduct without teeth is pointless. When we were saying earlier, um, oh, I know something would be better than, uh, than nothing, well, a, 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 a a code of conduct without any teeth isn't better than nothing. It is nothing. Uh, so if you just say, like, be nice, or, or we won't be happy about it, like, that, that doesn't solve any problems, right? So yeah. you need to be able to say, be nice, or these things will happen. Some yeah. people refer to that as focusing on punitive action, whereas really um, they're, they're just trying to, like, explain... The, they're trying to explain how they're making this, this community safer. If they just say, like... Be nice to each other and don't explain what sort of things are bad or what sort of things will happen if you don't do them, then then it's pointless, right? So just like uh, I used the example of going to the airport, um, they are trying to create a safe environment for people by letting you know what you can't bring. <laughs> so when it says don't bring guns, knives, and explosives, no one's going like, oh, these people are mean, I can't bring any guns, knives, or explosives. What you're really thinking is like, oh, actually, it's going to be a, good. It will be safe because we can't have guns, knives, or explosives. That's a good thing. Um, so when the Code of Conduct outlines kind of... Um, here, here are the sort of things that you should do. Like, uh, we appreciate inclusiveness and and respect, and like, uh, and and we don't appreciate harassment and bullying. With by kind of outlining some some good ideas and some bad ideas, and then also explaining. And if you if you don't do these things, then we'll give you a temp ban. Like, that's fine. <laughs> if you you first you'll get a warning, and then you get a temp ban if you continue to do it. And if you're continuing to do something after you've been explicitly told that it's not okay, then you deserve a, you deserve something. You deserve a temp ban. Um, yeah, not very extreme. It's not like they're saying it's going to be a lifetime ban the first time you screw up. It's uh, right. I mean, a temp ban sounds like it's just basically go and sit in the corner and think about your actions before yeah. you come yeah. back. It's and not if you like continue you're to saying, do it. Sorry. It's not like you're saying, you know, oh my gosh, you've you've done something wrong. You like, therefore, you can never come back. It's basically like, hey, 
we warned you, you didn't seem to gain, get the point, so hey, we're going to give you a timeout, right. a week-long timeout, which, let's face it, in, in PHP Internals world, is not a very long time. I haven't committed in nine months, so <laughs> it doesn't right. matter. A one-week thing? Easy. Yeah, you could ask your friend to send a PR for you. Like, it, it's really weird that this is being seen as such a huge problem. Now, what will happen, the mediation team is like three people, and everyone assumes they're some like crazy social justice warriors out to get men, um, but even if they are, like, even in the most paranoid, like, uh, even in the most fever dream-esque version of what people think is going to happen here, um, you may well, you know, you'll be warned, and then you'll ignore it, and then you get a temp ban, even if you were wrongly accused, right? Like, the the um, the accuser is, is exaggerating or making something up because of their own personal political beliefs. Um, even if that happens, you get a seven-day ban, because these, even if these two or three people, like, agree with the false, le with the false accuser, Right, if if these judges, the 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 majority of them, so two people, these two SJWs agree with the false attacker, um, then you get a seven day ban, and to get a full ban, it has to go through an entire uh, vote on by the rest of the internals team. So unless you're thinking that um, these two people are going to back them, and then also like fifty people are going to like agree that you were uh, agree with the false attacker, there's nothing that can happen. It, it's completely invented problems that are being used to argue against the idea of, of a code of conduct. And yeah, and like we said earlier, it's not like we're making money for this, so it's not like people are going to be out a week's paycheck. They're not like they're not going to pay their bills. It's open source work. Yeah, Charles runs very slowly, so they're probably not even going to miss a PR. <laughs> right, you miss one, Honestly, it doesn't matter. Like, you can do it next week. Yeah. A week in internals to me seems like five seconds in real life. Yeah. Um, and but seeing that, you know, they are, to be fair, to the internals team, they are doing a lot better. You know, they are doing faster situations compared to the last like two yeah. or three years ago. But I, th I still think, I guess, one of people's concerns will be if, for example, in your worst case scenario, if those two people who originally temp banned you, um, and then you go to the fifty people point, what? I guess their worry, and I think the worst case scenario would be that the 50 people in internals would feel compelled to support the original two people um, decision. But I don't. But I think sorry, that's, sorry. That's, that's a very extreme case of that happening, considering, considering how opinionated and how individualistic people are in the PHP community. <laughs> right. They so don't really agree on anything. Exactly. So, like, for, for you to get, like, even a majority, so out of 50 people, you need to get a 26-person majority to ban you. That's oh, a I, was lot saying, of I was saying there's about 100 voters, so you'd need 50. Right. The number 50 was you, you need 50, 50 people to agree a, that it was, it was gosh, wrong, yeah, which is never going to happen. That's, that's going to be really, really hard. Think about I how Taylor type hints was, and you want someone to work out whether you're a good or a bad person. You think you're going to get a clear yes-no on that vote? Jesus. But I, um, think, <laughs> I think what people are worried about is, you know, these things can and have done in the past, not maybe in our community, but definitely in other communities, spilled into their professional lives in terms of their paid life, you know, the, the, their job, where something that's happened in one location has affected other locations for X, Y, and Z reason. Yeah, the pitch um, Yeah, and, you know, that is something that we're all scared of. Like, it doesn't matter if you're pro or anti or whichever part of the gray scale that you are on for... PHP internals and the CSC, you know, no one wants a pitchfork mob to go be running at you for right. any reason. Like, that's and that is problems. what's probably Sorry. a lot of people's fear. 
Yeah, and it's completely fair to fear the mob. Like it, it's really annoying. I, I consistently see this happen where I say something like this thing's kind of shitty, um, and and I'm just like that. I don't necessarily like that. And then there's some other people being like, this is the worst thing in the world. This person needs to be fired. And because we're both on the same side of this binary scale, um, they assume that I'm part of the mob, and it means that anyone that has any sort of like useful nuanced opinion um, is instantly kind of thrown aside because there are some other muppets shouting and screaming, and and that needs to stop. We can't ever have a constructive conversation if we just conflate everyone into good or bad, right? Um, and I have seen these things happen. So there was one chap, um, there was a, there was, I'm going to be vague again because I don't want to kick up any more fuss, but there was a podcast um, where a group of women were talking about some of the problems that they, they, they suffer in the community. Um, and some people were talking about when they give conference talks, they used to ask for anonymous feedback and uh, they'd get nothing uh, but comments like, nice tits, love, and like, You'd be you. We'd listen more if you wore nicer outfits, like shit, like that, right? So they're talking about these genuine problems that have happened to them, um, and then somebody who happens to be very influential on Reddit, um, of all places, uh, one of the moderators there was then he wrote a hit piece about these three women talking about why they were idiots and lying and took things out of context and just made shit up. Um, and was really ridiculous about it. Now, this guy sucks. <laughs> I'm sure he's lo lovely in general, but his opinions on equality and feminism are fucking awful. Um, now, ev even this guy, who I strongly disagree with, who I think does not need to be a Reddit moderator, um, he had a pitchfork mob go after him and try and get him fired from work. Now, I'm sure that was no one, uh, none of the women that he was talking about. I fucking know for a fact that they didn't try and do that. But there are some people that go, oh, look, those two people are having an argument. Fuck that guy. He should get fired, right? There's no reason for him to get fired because he happens to be an accidental misogynistic, misogynistic asshat, right? He doesn't need to lose his job over that, but he does not need to be um, a, a core contributor to PHP. People aren't saying, you know, you, you are definitively a bad person in all aspects of your life, and therefore you should, like, you know be homeless and not be able to work they're just saying if you want to continue to be this much of a misogynistic asshat and make other people feel uncomfortable then you're not going to do it wearing an official php logo and that's that's literally all it is you just don't want yeah, but official the, question, the question would then be how do we prevent pitchfork mobs from happening and the reality of it is is we can't it's well it's saying, though, the code of conduct you can't prevent it but it protects both sides of the you know, it prevents ha harassment both ways, not just one way or the other. So if yeah. you're getting harassed back because of the bad opinion or even because you got banned, it'll then protect you. So it protects both parties as much as it can. I mean, you know, we're not the police. It's just a, a community. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, like, I would love to see, like, how, you know, a lawyer looks at these technical code of conducts and how they would stand up in a, in a court law. I know there are certain people who get really uppity about particular words being used, but actually these are the legal terms you need to be using, you know, the accuser, and, you know, like, it's not saying that you're wrong, um, but people just get really nitpicky on things that they can control, which is actually the words that are being written. Um, I think for a lot of it, a lot of the people see things as black and white, which is what we've been talking about, but the reality of it is, is that the world is technicolor, <laughs> You know, there's a lot of different colours and it's a lot of different shades and a lot of different backgrounds and there's so many different cultures, you know, like, for example, you know, me being a British-born Chinese, I'm going to have different experiences compared to a Chinese-born Chinese or, you know, a Hong Kong-born Chinese or an American-born Chinese. Like, it's, they're all, yeah, we're all being flopped into the same thing. Actually, 
every single one is slightly different in one way or another because of the environments around us. Um, I think it's important to, you know, take baby steps and code of conduct is one of those baby steps, you know. I would love to see, um, you know, a PSR where th like documentation was just gender neutral because we're lucky that the English language can be gender neutral. But, you know, people get to pick and choose. Yet, you know, when I've seen it when, you know, a particular gender suggests documentation to become gender neutral, they get get harassed. We go, oh, you're an SJW or whatever. And it's just like, no, I just I just don't want to have yeah. to read documentation and be reminded that I'm the minority. You know, I just don't need reminding. Thanks. Right. I've seen that before in a few documents uh, where, yeah, uh, Node were doing it and a few other places said he, and there was some, some stuff in Linux where it was like, uh, uh, so uh, the DevOps something something he, and then something something your girlfriend. And I was like, this this is kind of really making a lot of assumptions about the like, who is a developer and what they're doing. Not everyone's a straight guy. Um, and, it's, and it's just really weird to put that stuff in your documentation when they works perfectly well. Um, exactly. And I, the funny thing is, you know, when I, you know, I had a conversation yesterday with someone where, you know, they were, they were planning to quit the industry. It was that simple. They just, they didn't see anyone that they could relate to who was further on in their career and they were thinking about quitting the industry because they were just like, I don't feel like this, that there's a place for me in this industry. And I think that's a real shame for two reasons. One, there's not enough developers as it is. So why on earth are we trying to get rid of developers? Like, <laughs> what right. insanity bit does that make sense? Like, we have too much work. We're all overworked. We're all trying to do far too much. Like, I don't know of a of a developer who hasn't suffered from a mental illness or is on the brink of, you know, having to do a, you know, a full-on timeout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had burnout point. myself. Like, yeah, I know what you exactly. mean. It's mental illness, but burnout so, is definitely a problem that some of us have. And it's and it's so common. It's Burnout is so common in our industry. So, like, we need more developers. And there was a really big demand for developers, no matter what type of developer. Mm. And yet we're doing these things, which actually basically means we're having less developers stay in the industry. So, basically, we're making more work for ourselves. Like, <laughs> right. why would you do that? Yeah. Ultimately, why would you make more work for yourself? I don't understand. Um, and just purely on that one point, like, yeah, they just didn't see anyone in the industry, and I had to basically talk them out of it and say, "Look, you might not know these people, but there are people out there, and we just have to find them. And if not, we have to hold the torch and be like, no, we are in the industry, so we can make it easier for other people who are similar to us, who yeah. can use world models, you know.' And it's... I think, sorry. And I think we should also think about looking outside, not just the tech industry and all the tech problems, but also look at like how Hollywood's dealing with things. Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting to see the Oscars and you know um, the BAFTAs and you know the whole screenwriters, you know the way they deal with genders and their you know female role models in those. You know, I think it's now is the time that not just our industry. But actually, other industries are talking about this and trying to make sense of what is it that we're really doing and being part of that conversation. It's important. Yeah, uh, I've noticed that. So you're talking about it becoming more of a prominent conversation that's happening um, around society and not just in the tech community. Uh, I have unfortunately seen numerous people um, who refer to uh, refer to giving a shit about inclusivity and equality. They re they re they 
if you care about that, then you're part of a, a current bandwagon of, of gender politics, right? And they refer to it as gender politics. Like, can you treat me like a human and not talk about my tits is somehow gender politics, right? Um, so I find it really frustrating that people are acting like the increased public conscience of, of talking about this stuff. Like, the fact that this topic is in, in the public mind so much they, they consider that like a getting on a bandwagon and, and people start, um, if, if you ever had people put bro at the end of every sentence they say, uh, you're like, ah, oh, you know, you're just a, a, a PC bro. Ever since South Park did that episode of like all these ridiculous guys, they're just like, yo, bro, you can't say that shit. That's dis- disrespectful to this group, bruh. And they're all acting like they're in this massive frat house um, of just going about and like bullying people with PC. Uh, just being like, no, you can't do that. We're going to come over there and stop you using that word. Um, I saw that episode and it was quite funny, but I do recognize that there are people who are kind of jumping on a bandwagon a little bit um, and they will r- run around and say, no, 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 you can't say this thing. And they feel all good and proud that they've, you know, saved the day somehow um, without really thinking about it. But that, again, that doesn't mean that that's what everyone who cares about inclusivity is doing. There's always going to be a pitchfork mob and there's always going to be people kind of running about being, you know, a little bit heavy handed with uh, the way they're dealing with things. But to kind of write everyone off as just being like a PC bro or someone that's jumped on a bandwagon is really, really frustrating to me. But maybe maybe people are jumping on a bandwagon because they feel they are now able to talk about it. It's like before they were too scared to talk about it. And then, you know, one person speaks up and they're like, yeah, that also happened to me. And so it's not like they're intentionally jumping on the bandwagon. They're just like, oh, actually, yeah. I've had that experience many a times. It's just that, you know, especially for me, when I started realizing that, you know, all these experiences that I was having in was not normal for other people, I was just like, it was when people pointed it out to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that isn't normal. Maybe I should <laughs> kind of think about this. Why is this happening to me? And try and understand this. Um, I think, you know, <sighs> jumping on the bandwagon there are definitely people who will jump on a bag market, but there are definitely people who are just actually saying, yeah, this has happened to me, but I n- only now do I feel comfortable being able to say it's happened to me. Um, yeah, it makes it safer when there's other people standing up with you. Yeah, and also I think it's the feedback loop. You know, we are in the world where, you know, um, I was watching Fashion for the Boat yesterday, and they, it actually had a episode where um, there were... A person goes, you know, the uncles go and visit um, the main character's family. And in that, it's 1995, and it's set in 1995, and they bring a computer, and it's like, you know, the big CRT monitors. And I was just like, gosh, I remember that. And then it had, like, the 56K modem, you know, dial tone going on. And I was just like, you know, when that was happening, the feedback loop was still small, and that was in 1995. Yeah, our feedback loop is so much... Oh, it was quite large, rather. But the feedback loop now is so tiny. You know, you can count the feedback loop of conversations now within seconds rather than within, you know, hours or minutes. Um, purely because the internet is constantly on. It's faster. which we, And also, the world is constantly online, you know. As the UK goes to sleep, the Australians are waking up. As, you know, the Australians are going to sleep, you know, the Americans are getting up. You know, there's this constant, like, turnaround of conversations going round and it's going around faster. So what would have taken us, you know, maybe a week to have a conversation years ago is now taking us seconds, minutes. And because of that, it sounds louder because the conversation is more condensed. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
right, so we're kind of getting far in. How about we hit some other topics of, like, why people are not for code conducts? Also, oh, anything to add on sure. Last? All right, so another one that's pretty popular is really just um, people don't think it's a big deal. People think that it's kind of blown out of proportion and it doesn't happen as often as people say it does. Um, and it's more people that are usually privileged because so they're not in the place where they've had these things happen to them, or maybe they're just not uh, cognizant of it. They don't notice it happen. Uh, so I thought it was pretty powerful. Adam Culp, who runs the Sunshine PHP conference, which is really one of the best conferences that I, I've ever attended. It's I've not been to it yet. Oh, Jenny, you got to check it out. It is probably one of the top really have to go. conferences. <laughs> yeah. I know. It was like, you know, eight degrees here in the UK when it was happening. I was thinking, you know what? Yeah. Florida sounds quite nice right now, but you yeah. know. Every right. time I go, I completely forget that I need to uh, take uh, warm and cold, uh, warm and cold weather clothes because I keep like I spend the entire weekend in the hot tub and then I get off the plane in New York and I just I, I, I lost my hoodie when, uh, hoodie when I was there last year because I lost my hoodie. I got off the plane. I had to buy a I love New York hoodie just to get from the airport to my house without dying of hypothermia. It's pretty funny. <laughs> But sorry, carry on. Oh, yeah, so, uh, so Adam posted kind of a recap of the conference after it was over, and he called out with no names named, but he did get specific on the circumstances, uh, the actual code of conduct violations they had, what happened, uh, how they resolved it, actions that were taken, things like that. And I thought it was really powerful to show. Usually, this would have went nowhere. No one would have heard about it. If they didn't have the code of conduct, there probably would have been no recourse for the victims to even say anything about it, and there could have been double the victims, because somebody's going to harass one yep. person, they'll harass more. And the so other because problem, of this, go ahead. Sorry, uh, just to throw in quickly on that, another problem is that uh, uh, people, victims often uh, are, are scared to report things. They, they're incredibly concerned about reporting things, because especially whenever you report something, everyone screams at you and calls you a liar if it becomes public. Now, the code of conduct will um, absolutely make them... Uh, confident that the the report isn't going to go public. You can report something to an organizer, and the organizers are usually really good friends with the speakers. Like There's this kind of like in-club, um, which it isn't necessarily a good thing, but it is there. And the speakers are hanging out with all the organizers and everyone else in uh, hotel rooms and getting, you know, drinking away. And imagine how scary it would be if you like send an email to, to one of the organizers being like, hey, I just had this harassment. And then they're like, oh, look at what this twat's saying about you. And it just like, it could be awful. Um, so the code yeah. of conduct just makes no that won't happen, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I don't really do care about safety of the attendees. Um, I mean, for a couple of reasons. It's good for the conference. No conference wants a scandal, because then how are they going to get attendees next year? Um, but also, they're throwing the conference for the attendees, and so they are incentivized to help them, especially with the code of conduct in place. It gives you a path to feel safe to do that. Yeah, code of conduct for me, it's, it's one thing to say we have a code of conduct. It's another thing to actually... Um, do something about it. Do something when something actually um, happens. Um, you know, I think it's great. Like for you know, for a while, and there are still some PHP conferences which do not have a code of conduct. Um, I'm not sure why, but you know, that's fine. That's totally acceptable. If that that organizing group feels their culture doesn't need it, then that's their decision, and it's our decision as attendees and speakers to go to those conferences or not. Um, I think it's great that the next level from conferences having code of conducts and, and dealing with those is actually to make this information public in a non-descriptive manner, which is what Adam did. Um, I think it was great that last year um, PHP UK had stats. They just they had loads of different stats and they were like, okay, 
we are going to take a snapshot every year of what our attendance looks like, you know, where people are coming from, how far they're traveling, etc. Because if we do not take a snapshot, then we actually don't know if we're improving or becoming worse as a diverse conference. And I know from the organizers talking to them, it was hard for them to do that the first year around because it's you're almost saying, yes, we know we have a problem and let's shine a big, massive spotlight on it and point it out because, you know, we like to look at our warts that much. You know, nobody wants to do that. No one wants to look at the ugly bit. Yeah, you know, seeing these conference organizers willing to put their neck on the line and say, yes, okay, we know we have a problem. This is the situation. We're going to try something for next year and we're going to see how it improves or actually it might make the situation worse. We don't know, but let's try it for, you know, three years. I don't think in a year it's going to change overnight, but I think over a few years you, you'll see a correlation of something getting better or getting worse. And it's, I think it's really great and I really encourage more conference organizers, user group organizers, just people taking snapshots of the situation, recording it, recording it in a, you know, preferably in a quantitative way, although talking about humans in a quantitative manner is really hard, <laughs> uh, especially when it's about people's emotions, it's even worse. Yeah. Um, that's what I've learned. Um, so, you know, at least like saying, you know, this year we've got five code of conduct violations. This is how we dealt with them. Next year, we only got three. Next year, we've got two. I think it's better. Um, I wouldn't be surprised as this starts off, as this becomes popular, and I hope it does become popular, that we actually see a rise in code of conduct incidents being reported, purely because people feel more comfortable reporting them and feel like they don't have to rely on the, no, that's definitely not what they said to me, no, I'm, I'm just going crazy, it's fine, I'm going to stay uncomfortable for the rest of the conference, and it's definitely in my head. Because um, that's what happens. That's that's the reality of it, and that's you know the uncomfortable reality for a lot of um, minorities out there when something happens, or even actually just minorities and majority of people when you hear something and you're just like, um, yeah, no, I didn't hear that. I'm I'm going crazy. Um, so I, I I predict that we'll have a rise in code of conduct incident report report being reported. But I don't think that would actually mean that more is happening. It's just that more is being reported. Um, but yeah, then I, I would hope. That, but then what I'd hope is that after a while, because we've all gotten used to this and we actually start to understand what professional being a professional at our conference means, they would drop, because actually the code, the amount of violations is dropping because people are being better with each other. But this is not going to happen in a year. This is going to happen in a decade. This is this is not a short term thing. This is definitely a long-term thing that, you know, code of conducts in conferences is improving for that reason. And it's, it's great to hear you talk about it that way um, because a lot of people, again, there's, there's so many different, like, but no, the, the, that I've heard. Um, one of the popular um, retorts is no piece of text on the internet is going to stop people being mean to each other and it's stupid that you're trying, <laughs> right? And that is essentially setting the COC, uh, they're assuming that we think the COC does far more than it actually does and then attacking it for not delivering on the thing that it doesn't actually try to do, which is a pretty silly situation to be in. Um, it doesn't do that. Like, like you said, like the COC by itself doesn't do anything. It's just like these are the things, you know, it, it's a set of guidelines, a structure for how, how um, problems are handled and some examples of the rough sort of thing that problems are. Um, and, and with that becomes, uh, comes the, the, the responsibility of actually enforcing that or the teeth or whatever you want to call it. So for a conference, that's 
I'm going to give you a warning. I'm going to send you to your room for the evening. I'm going to tell you to get the fuck out of the hotel or the conference or whichever it is, if the conference is at the hotel, you know, um, like I'm going to have to do something and here are the, here are the steps that I can take. Um, so that's, that stuff's really powerful for internal contributions. It's, you can't contribute here anymore if you're going to keep doing this stuff. Like we just don't want it. Um, so it's not meant to solve the problem tomorrow or like immediately protect everyone entirely, but it is meant to over time kind of solve solve these problems and, and hopefully it's, get to a point where we're not even having the problems anymore. Maybe. Yeah, it's about educating behavior and changing behavior of a community by education and ex explanation, really. Um, for me, when you know, one of the things that I did this year was for Workout London, if you're buying a ticket, you're agreeing to our COC. It yep. is that simple because I don't even want the argument of, hey, I didn't see this and therefore it doesn't count to me. No, no, you have to tick a box. The, if you want to be here, you're going to be a good citizen to this community. This is what we expect. And I'm not saying our COC is perfect, uh, by far, probably not. But what I'm saying is that we expect a standard of professionalism and respect from you. Um, mm. And if you, if someone feels like they are not being respectful, and they report you, then this is what will happen. So not only before the event, you know what will happen to you as a victim or as the accused. Like either way, you know what this procedure is. This is the procedure we've agreed to as an organizing team, and this is what we will try and enforce. And one of the important reasons why a COC is really useful is actually as an organizer, you, you want to imagine that nothing will ever go wrong at your user group or at your conference. But the reality of it is, it only takes one time for something to go wrong that could cost you the sponsorship of your user group. And this actually happened recently where I was meeting up with a friend and they run a local user group and they were like, oh my gosh, Johnny, this happened and we, we want to talk to you about what is it that we can do to like stop this from happening because actually we lost a sponsor and we've had to cancel all user group events. Wow. Wow. From this one event where a particular person had a really heated argument and was quite rude to another person who happened to be a sponsor. And from that event, they have lost not only their sponsorship, but the whole entire user group. And that's all up and down from one, just from one person's behavior that they couldn't, like, you know, they didn't have COC to throw at them and say, no, I'm sorry, but you agree to, if you're coming here to be respectful to each other and you're not being respectful, so I want to ask you to leave. They didn't have anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's tough. And there's, it is tough. There's unfortunately this other thing that kicks in with people, and it's happened to me in the past, and I'm, I'm starting to question it more, which is, but they're a nice guy. <laughs> so when someone says or does something that makes people feel uncomfortable or, or you know, they, they're causing a problem or, or harassing or whatever else, there's this really strong need to explain that they're actually a really nice person. Like, they might be saying these terrible things or they might accidentally be a misogynist or, or whatever's happening. But, like, he's great to have a drink with, right? And it's this really unfortunate thing that... um. That, that needs to stop happening. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter whether you uh, work for a charity on the weekends. If you're at the moment making someone feel uncomfortable, and you've been warned, and you're continuing to do it, then you're harassing someone. However nice you are outside of that situation, it's yeah, totally. And I'm definitely one of those people. I, you know, I get called a bitch half the time because I'm just really blunt. But that's just a cultural <laughs> difference, you know. I, 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 I went to see my mum today, and she looked at me and went, "You're fat." Thanks, mum. You know, just... the same thing for my grandpa. I hadn't seen him in two uh, in a year and a half, and the first thing he said, "Hello there, Philip." 
you've gained weight. Uh, yeah, nice to see you as well, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, the reality of it is, like, in some cultures, that would be quite offensive. And other cultures, like, my, you know, like, in my, in my family's culture, that is it's not offensive. What's happening there is that she's just been observant to the point that she can recognise that something has happened to me, which is, you know, an observational, it's, it's an observational comment. Uh, and I think that's, you know, it really highlights there are lots and lots of cultural differences and half the time most COCs are cultural misunderstandings and if you have people sit around a table and talk to each other and come to their senses and just explain how in another culture this might not be acceptable they'll be okay with it and a lot of times especially like at conferences your COC what you're really doing is setting up the cultural guidelines of what to expect at that conference or at that event or at that location yep. or as in the PHP internals in this particular online project in this particular company that's what happens in your hand um policies at work you're setting the guidelines for the culture that you're expecting at your company and in fact you're saying this is the culture we do not accept we accept an open culture and the door is wide open for anything you want but this is definitely what we don't find acceptable as a company policy mm -hmm. and, and that's, what, Sorry, and that's what conduct is for the PHP internals um, you know if I went to a conference that said you know here it's okay to slap people on the head and this is you know the cool <laughs> here, then and if you buy a ticket this is what you're going to expect then if I turn up there and someone slaps me on the head and I complain about it it's like well it, is actually written in the COC. This was acceptable, <laughs> you know. Like this is the cultural difference of this yeah, particular yeah. location. Um, you know, I think that's why COCs. You know, especially for like, the digital world where you're looking at multiple cultures across the world. Like you know, things that happen in America and that based in the UK, we look at them and go, "Is that really happening?" You know, <laughs> do, do they really? Is that really a law there that they can do this? You know, like right, yeah. it's completely bizarre. Even just carrying guns is bizarre for me. You know, um, but I think it's really interesting because I I understand. You know, that's the American way. It's not like I go to San Francisco and say, "Hey, you're carrying a gun," but I'm British and therefore you shouldn't be carrying a gun in front of me. It's, it's not <laughs> the case. It's you know, you go to a different location, you you accept, you go there accepting that cultural reference and. Yeah. I think that's what's really hard about enforcing a COC in a digital world and in a digital community is because we're trying to enforce a global, multiple national cultures and that's going to be extremely hard to do. Yep. Uh, and that's why we're having all these arguments over it. Um, but it's definitely a conversation worth having. Um, it's just one that you have to like, take a deep breath and, you know, <laughs> Definitely looking at the PHP internals um, code of conduct has made me realize, you know, this is why it takes forever for the UN to do anything because they have to work out how to make one particular policy work across multiple nations. And that's yeah. what we're doing here. We're taking a policy, which is called the code of conduct, and we're asking it to be the guidance across all these different people from all these different nations and cultures and backgrounds and histories and that's really really tough yeah 
one of the things um, people people often forget this, and they think that you know how things work in their country is how it works everywhere, right? And there's a lot of things that are totally different. So um, we had a bit of a kerfuffle at work. Uh, I work for a company that has a lot of um, Colombian people and people from other parts of South America. And on the very first day, I uh, I go down to to I think we're in uh, Bogota, and uh, I met the rest of the team, and I went around the group shaking everyone's hand. And then uh, we, we had a female developer, and uh, no one had mentioned to me that in Colombia you kiss on the cheek, right? And it's not even like the, the London mwah, like air kiss near their ear. It's like you proper put your lips on their face, right? And um, I had Italian no idea. Style. Sorry? Is it the Italian kiss style? Where it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just go right out their cheek, right? And they, they'll, they'll do the same on yours. It's just the, the one. On and um, I had no idea that was coming. I should, should have looked, really. Like, well, you know, you go on fucking Wikipedia and find out what the customs are in a place you go to. But I had no idea that was coming. And in tech, it's, it's a very well-known thing that um, most people shake hands regardless of gender because you, we're all just developers. Who gives a shit, right? So that's the, that's the assumption in, uh, in the UK and Europe, or, uh, a lot of Europe and, and a lot of... Uh, America as far as I go. When I met you, Jenny, I'm pretty sure I shook your hand. Um, but uh, there, that's offensive to her. Like, she was offended that I tried to shake her hand, and then we had this, like, awkward, ah, and I was like, oh, God, I'm sorry, and then I hugged her, and that was even more offensive. Um, and, and these things are hard. So setting out a, 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 like a set of rules of, like, this is cool, and this isn't, not specifically exact actions that are okay, but, like, rough areas of things that are okay and rough things, uh, rough areas of things that aren't okay, that helps give us guidelines um, of, of how we should act because things like that wouldn't happen. There's now a policy at work which is Phil barely even wants to shake your hand. He'll wave at you from across the room and that's, that makes my Brit very happy. He's like, four more handshake, four more handshake, none of this fucking sideways angle trying to grab your thumbs nonsense, right? And, and sometimes these guidelines help people feel more comfortable. I know one problem that people have said is that people who already suffer from anxiety are very scared of this whole idea of having a code of conduct there to make your actions be policed, right? They say that they have a hard enough time, uh, they have a hard enough time talking to people as it is without there being a concern of them potentially getting kicked out of the conference or kicked off the team based on um, based on them saying or doing something bad. And I, I think this actually helps people who suffer from social anxiety. I think that the people that, that are very scared they might do something wrong, um, they'll be told if they're doing something wrong, and that will actually help them over time, right? If yeah, it gives you a, a template to follow and then yeah. a warning system. Like, it's not like you're going to say right. one bad word and they're going to get the fuck yeah, out. Bump you back on track. Hey, maybe you shouldn't do that again. If you're socially you know, awkward and you struggle, then we'll help you by telling you, hey, that's, that's not cool, and it'll be done in a respectful, private way instead of just people being like, ha, look at that prick on Twitter. That's not how it works. So I, yeah, I really don't I'd see say, any downsides. Yeah, I mean, if someone is suffering from anxiety, it's definitely not someone else's place to say, you know, this is going to make it better. Um, for one, we are not doctors and we are not psychologists. And until sure, we sure. are... I, like, I, it may help. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think we are just taking what we consider um, to us logical steps and to us, you know, this logic with this logic kind of equals, you know, C logic. Um, and I, I see the logic in what you're saying, um, but um, it's definitely, it's the one thing that I've learned over over the last year whilst I've been traveling across the world and meeting all these different people from different cultures is um, the assumptions that we make in our heads are definitely the worst assumptions ever made. Um, I think it's going to be hard no matter what. You know, I think the one thing that we can do, because we are the digital age, is change over time. Having a COC that we, inf that we you know, put into place and say this is the 
2017 COC for PHP internals. And then come to the last month, you know, everyone says, did this work? Did this not work? What is wrong with this? How can we improve this? Can we make this better? Can we make a version two? And actually alliterating this. This is one of the best things about open source communities. You don't like something, you change it. It's not like we have politicians having to go through parliament and then go through the House of Lords and then, you know, it has to be approved right. by X, Y, and Z. We literally just vote and say, yes, this is what we didn't like this year. Let's, let's say, let's run with this for one year, see how it goes. And then let's actually make a, you know, a decisive decision based on people's experience. Maybe it will be fine in a year's time because we've had all these, you know, discussions and arguments currently. But I don't think people need to worry that what we put into the PHP internals now can't be changed later because it can. And I think that's something that we all should remember. Um, you know, if you don't agree with all of the PHP COC, maybe there will be like section X that you don't agree with. Well, okay, that's cool. Why don't we just try it with section X this time and see what happens? If you know, if if it works, great. If it doesn't work, we'll we'll, we'll amend it for next time. But yeah. I think that's a more pragmatic way of doing it. And I think when we are talking about humans and emotions and culture and community, we have to be pragmatic. We are not binary numbers on a computer. Um, it's the one thing that, you know, trust me, would make my life so much easier <laughs> if we right. were just, you know, logic, yes and no, <laughs> ands and ors. When the reality is, we're not. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely not one. Um, you know, my opinion changes the same way my, you know, my clothes change. You know, you know, my mood changes all the time. It's horrendous. But the reality of it is, is that, like, it's okay because we can change the COC in yeah. a year's time. We maybe we'll put a six month marker on it. It doesn't even have to be a year. Six months down the line, let's we've let's you know see what we need to polish up. I don't think mm. we have to say this is the be all and end all, and it's not setting in stone. It's setting the computer on a server somewhere, which we can change. <laughs> right, pull requests are a thing. Exactly, which is the nice thing about yeah. computers. You can change things as things improve, as our understanding improves, as our community changes we will also change. And you know, I think people are right to say, oh, we shouldn't need a COC. They're yeah. completely right. We shouldn't need a COC. But the reality of it is we do. Um, so why don't we say we have a COC? Why don't we say we'll have a COC for the next year, see how that goes, the next six months, see how that goes, whatever. It doesn't matter about the time schedule. Um, has to be long enough that it, you know, goes into effect and it has some time to work its way but you know it can't be too short you know a month wouldn't make any difference but you know i think six months at a minimum maybe a year you work out actually you know we, let's come back to this next year and see how it goes and let's ultimately hope that one day we can actually say we no longer need a CSE because not only has the php community the deaf community the tech community and actually society has changed so that you don't need all these anti-harassment policies at work and COC policies at work. Um, and that would be great. That would be a great aim to have in the far-fetched future. But we don't live in the future. We live in the now. And the now is things might not be happening to you. And things, and that's great. You know, if you've never been harassed, that's, that's great. And I, you know, for one, will never, ever wish harassment on anybody. But when you've been harassed, 
you understand, you understand actually how much pressure, whether that was correct, if it was correct for people to harass you or not, like, it's just, it's just such a emotional burden that you, you don't need, you know, I'm not surprised Anthony dropped, you know, his support for this when he was just so, when you just become so tired of being the the punch bag for the whole community. That's a lot of people he was being the punch bag for. Yeah, um, yeah, that, had, that would be rough to go through. I mean, he was just trying to help people, and he was getting personally attacked nonstop. Did you see yeah. the, the response on Reddit to my article? I wrote an article that was basically before I felt comfortable writing um, about the code of conduct itself, there are a few articles I wanted to write that kind of chipped away at a certain part, like there's the target in the middle and then this like ancillary stuff, and I wanted to take care of a few of those pieces before I kind of went in and, and, and talked about the COC itself, and one of them was, uh, I don't know if you've read it, it was the one about like, why is everyone offended? It's one of the, oh, number, yeah. one, one of the number one um, arguments that people use against the code of conduct is that everyone's just too fragile and politically correct these days, and you can't say anything without someone flipping out and uh, crying about it, right? And I wanted to write an article saying that a lot of that is is manufactured outrage. A lot of the I wrote an amazing article which it links to. I'm basically just kind of like reiterating that article in mind, um, trying to explain to developers like a change of thought that I had based on this article. And it just kind of covers that like people aren't actually as outraged as you think. They um, sometimes the the news likes to make entire articles based on tweets out of context, and then that gets the the whole stack of news that like uh, propagates out to other people. And the level of outrage is increased. First, it's like someone's someone one and mildly annoyed and then it's like frustration over and then it's like Chinese whispers and yeah it's, it's absolutely Chinese whispers and and because of that then people see the end result and they're like fuck you how dare you be outraged and start screaming at this person that just made a joke on Twitter right so I was I was writing an article about that and I and right at the very end I said and this is something that I think is very relevant to the, the current conversation happening around the code of conduct in PHP and then, so that went up on the PHP Reddit, and 500 comments of people screaming out, look how he chooses to intentionally ignore Opalgate, look how he thinks this, he must love, blah, 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 blah. and they make all these crazy comments. I was, um, I was Hitler, I was compared to Hitler a couple of times, um, I was called a sexist, because I, uh, they suggested that I thought women couldn't look after themselves, and couldn't handle, handle bullying, and it's offensive to say they're such delicate little flowers, which is completely not the fucking case, and it's, it's a well-known attack of, no, you're the sexist, is like, num- is a really good misogynist response. Uh, but there were all these crazy things. 500 comments. 500 comments. Only 30 of them were me, I think. Um, but all these people screaming at me, and it's not a happy, comfortable thing. Like, that actually affected my life. I was trying to, like, hang out. I was down in Columbia with my friends, and I'm just, like, instead of enjoying the place or, like, um, uh, doing fun things, I was just, like, just, like angrily replying to stuff on Reddit. Yeah, but also, it it's, it's a waste of people's energy. I mean, imagine, like, all that energy that people use to like be angry at you over something like yeah. people wonder why I don't blog. People wonder why like I do all this community work and I don't write about the best ways to be a speaker. I you know I do a lot of one on ones. I do a lot of you know you know hangouts like this. Um, you know I generally don't write my thoughts down. I very rarely do. Um, and the reason for that is because people will take that quote a certain section. I misquote it, and then, like, it just blows up. And I don't want to be quoted, you know. I think the the thing that people seem to forget is when someone writes something, it's their opinion at that point in time, and time is a very important factor of that opinion. And that opinion can also change. So quoting someone from 2010 when it's 2016, that's a six-year difference. And are you telling me (laughs) that person hasn't changed their opinion or could 
possibly not change our opinion in the last six years. Oh, yeah. Maybe their opinion has changed. Maybe it hasn't. But, hey, unless you ask that person, hey, has your opinion changed on this? Like, it's not your place to go go saying, like, that's what they said then, therefore they must still yep. believe it. It's, it's People tough. are pasting quotes from me from 2012 when I was involved with the um, code igniter for each model as babe. Uh, not, a, not a proud moment. Uh, there was a piece of code that said, for each, uh, for each model, uh, and then it was as babe. It should have been as class, right? But the, the model variable was already used. The class thing was already used. It should have been, like, uh, I don't know. Class I. It doesn't matter. Anything else it should have been called. But I was like, nah, fuck it. We're not changing that. It's a joke, and it doesn't matter, and and whatever else. And what I'm saying is, what there is like, oh, it's not offensive to me. Therefore, it's not offensive. So we're, we're keeping it. Some people don't like it, so that's a reason enough to fucking change it. It's a stupid joke. Jokes don't belong in code. Um, so my opinion has completely changed on that over time. And I'm I'm basically most of these people who are arguing with me now. Uh, me four years ago. Um, a lot of people that just, because they think these things don't happen, because they haven't seen them with their own face, they don't think, they think that everyone who, who talks about a code of conduct or talks about inclusivity or anything else is just overreacting and making it all up. And I unfortunately had some pretty stupid fucking opinions four years ago, um, which probably were public and definitely are different to how I think now. And it's, it's and frustrating. You know what, Phil? It was okay for you to be stupid. It's okay for you to <laughs> have those opinions four years yeah. ago. I mean, people... It's really interesting, you know, coming... Now that I'm pretty much grounded in the WordPress community, you know, for someone who started in the PHP community and has moved to the WordPress community, people think I'm absolutely mad. And I, I get that. The WordPress code is not pretty. I, I don't think anyone of WordPress core developers have ever told me that the WordPress core is pretty because we all know it's not true. Um, we're, we're not lying to ourselves. We're just pragmatic people who want to create a nice a CMS that works for a lot of people, and it happens to do that. Um, and so it's really funny for me when I go to a user group and someone says, oh, I don't want WordPress to be the bread and butter of my daily life anymore. And then someone turned around to me and said, oh, they, you know, they're having a go at WordPress, that's so not cool. And I'm like, no, it's just their opinion. And it's fine, you know. If they don't want WordPress to be their bed and butter, that's absolutely cool. That's their decision. It's not, you know, it's not... Yeah, they're not stabbing offensive. you in the back by choosing to not use a product, right? No, it's not offensive to me, and it's not offensive to the project. They're not taking a part of the project and saying something that's wrong. And usually, it's just actually saying, is that an opinion, or is that you know, or is that actually harassment? Like, I think a lot of people mistake the two. Um, you know, when I talk about bridging communities, it's okay to not like a project for whatever reason. As long as like, you believe those reasons, it's your opinion, you know, and you we have to be respectful of those opinions. If someone doesn't want, if someone believes that, you know, women should be in the kitchen, which is, you know, for me, as my opinion is... No, that is not correct. But some other people believe that. That's okay. That's their opinion. And you know what? As long as that opinion doesn't affect me, that's okay. It's when they force that opinion upon me, then it becomes a problem. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, them just publicly tweeting that isn't necessarily the same thing as them using it to silence you in a pull request. Those two things are very different. So the, the kind of the range of the code of conduct needs to be well understood as well, right? It's You're allowed to talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. If you want to do your thing, do your thing. But when you start doing that from an at php.net account or, you know, or doing it um, on internals or using it to, like... Uh, 
make other people exit a conversation on internals or somewhere else, then that is when it becomes a problem. And it's you can have any opinions you want. That's absolutely fine. I know some of the people that are very scared of code of conduct are very scared because they have some pretty crazy opinions, in my opinion. Um, they, they believe some things that I just don't understand how they believe those things. And they're allowed to keep on talking about that. They can do whatever the hell they want, but they just yeah, but make just other not people as, comfortable. And not yeah, on a pool request. <laughs> not as a representative of the PHP internals team. Yeah. Right. You, you know, your religious or political views are not something that should be on your PHP internals account. That should be on your private account, yeah. your, your private Twitter account. You're not using PHP.net's official Twitter account to broadcast that you're a conservative or a Democrat. You know, it's and don't not put the right activist on your signature for your in, in, internals email. Yeah, it's like it's pretty simple to not do these things. I don't understand how people are confused about it. It specifically says on the RFC as well, the PHP RFC proposed. It specifically says um, represent. You know, there's a section about what representation uh, what representation constitutes, and it's, it has examples about on social media having PHP contributor is not enough to say that you are representing PHP when you tweet about stuff. Like, it specifically says this. It's fucking bold and headed. And people are still saying, well, you know, I don't want them policing anything I say on Twitter. Like, what? Well, well you know, like to ignore that. This isn't... First Amendment rights and this are two very different things. This is how you act within a community when you're representing a community. You can still do whatever the fuck you want when you go outside your house. Legally, yeah, and the First Amendment doesn't cover... Community. It's not the same thing. Yeah, the XKCD comic, was, which is amazing, which explains that the um, First Amendment doesn't protect you from other people thinking you're a dickhead. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Like, people look that, that they, I, when I, I mentioned earlier about um, the Burden of Proof game, and I unfortunately am playing it with other people because they keep stating over and over again, well, you know, people lose their jobs and people get kicked off and code of conduct are bad because this that happened to, you know, this, these things could happen. The SJWs could take it. And I'm like, who? Who is who has this happened to? Like who has lost their job over a code of conduct? And this Brandon Ike guy keeps being brought up, who was a public speaker for Mozilla, um, who kept saying I, don't, I can't remember what it was, but it was, he kept saying some shit, and and I think he's homophobic, and um, people were like I'm not going to go and watch him talk. Nothing to do with a code of conduct. If you're a public speaker and you speak some hateful shit, then people might not want to watch you speak. That's them making a choice on their own, which has nothing to do with anything. Same so as Brandon Ike, it was a little more nuanced. It was um. He's the guy who created JavaScript, and then he was promoted to like CEO of Mozilla, which Mozilla is very publicly like a diverse, open-minded company. And it wasn't even just outside people, but it was even their own people inside their company basically st shouted like, "This guy is not a good representative of Mozilla's values, especially as a CEO, because the CEO in a lot of ways is like a human representative of the company." Definitely, just because he promoted a lot of kind of hateful views on people. You know. Especially, like, if you are a public speaker and you're speaking on behalf of a company, then, you know, it is rightly so that what you say is of the image and as a spokesperson for that company, right? Yeah. For example, like, you know, in the last year, like, since I, since I got my job at Human Made, you know, all my public speaking has been on Human Made's dime, and therefore, like, you know, I had to, like, put into my notes and into the agreement with the company, like, you have to tell me what's acceptable and what's not. And because ultimately, like, you're paying for my bill and you're paying for me to do this and therefore, you know, I can't just be saying whatever I want. I am lucky in the sense that 
my bosses have the same mindset as me. I mean, we still argue over different things in diversity, but ultimately our goals are the same, and that's great. Um, but, you know, it's different if I was just public speaking for myself and therefore, like, I could take whatever viewpoint I want, right? Yeah. When you yeah, are speaking on behalf of a company, you've Exactly. That's not a question. That's somebody saying, hey, you're a dick, and I don't want to sit in a room with you. I mean, that's normal <laughs> life, you know? Right. Plenty of people I don't want to sit in a room that's not being oppressed. Yeah, no, definitely agree. I mean, that's that's just people's choices, and you know, we we were you know you can't say oh no that's not okay. Um, yeah. One of my I say it's one of my favorite questions when I talk to people about like you know code of conduct and stuff like that and SJWs is like oh you know how do you feel about you know white knights and stuff like that and I'm like well if everyone was respectful it would be the norm. <laughs> but the reality right. of it is, is that not everyone's respectful, and therefore it's not the norm. And yeah. does that not bother you that it's not the norm to be respectful? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I've heard people refer to it as the hazing. You know, like these women have to go through the same hazing that we go through. I'm like, I'd rather not. I remember when you first started out in any community. When I, I when I started using Kohana, for example, I'd been using CodeNet for a while. Started using Kohana, and I go into their IRC chat room, and I'm just asking for help, and people are fucking dickheads to me. They're just really obnoxious and really rude, and if that's the norm, I can we not do that, please? Like I'm, I'm right. I can fucking handle myself. I'm okay. I'm not gonna like start crying because they're mean. But it's just like fuck you, man. Like I don't need that. Why would we want to exactly. have this hate-filled like, interaction when you know, we just are, want help co- coding? <laughs> there are certain there there are certain you know use like IRC channels that I just don't bother going in, and people say, oh, why not? It's such a nice group in there. And I'm like, you know what? Because every time I go in, something happens, and when I point out that like that it's not cool. Then I get a load of people having a go at me because, you know, I'm being too... Stupid SJW. And then I'm just like, you know what? I have a life. I have other things to do. I do not have the time to have people, you know, complain to me about how sensitive I'm being or whatever. I was just (laughs) pointing out, hey, it's not cool to say that. I'm not saying that I'm insensitive. I'm just, you know, it's not cool. Like, why did you say that? Um, But, you know, I don't have time for this rubbish. There are plenty of other nice communities that you know, work really well, and that's why I'm in other communities. And that's yeah. why it's good for us to have the COC in general's community. We want to encourage people to, to be a part of this. We don't want to push people away. We don't like yeah. you. We don't want to push you away because you don't feel safe, you know? I mean, most people, even the people that are scared that they're the ones that are going to be attacked are the ones that are going to be protected. Like, the, the uh, I was thinking about Donglegate earlier when, when I was trying to think of examples of, you know, these bad things happening, and I, I thought of Donglegate the people from Donglegate would have been protected. Um, for Dong- uh, Donglegate was somebody made, a, a one guy made a, a kind of uh, sexual joke towards to another talking about like dongles, like a penis, right? And someone uh, someone overheard that and then um, like publicly tweeted at a photograph of them and they got in a lot of trouble. Now, if there was a, a well-known CSE proce- uh, procedure where, you know, she knows to report that to the people and then he can give them a, a quiet warning, then all of that's off Twitter, all of it's private, uh, actually helped so um, these things help both I'd say yes and no I mean like certain people in the community you know the, for example the pitchfork mobs they they love a good argument and if you give them a tiny bit of string and they'll you know they'll pull the whole the, pull the whole entire yeah, uh, ball of string still... so people still do it if you know but um, you know having definitely having a method to deal with these things also says to the you know to the organizers, hey, we have a COC policy and we have a yeah. procedure to deal with these things, 
and it was an un, you know like is it acceptable for that person to then you know tweet that out even though there was a policy out there we can't you know it's going to be extremely hard to police these things um, sure people will still tweet things it will limit the number of people that think that's the the first avenue of choice or the only avenue of choice right so uh yeah. A lot of places they'll say you can DM us or you can send us an email. Here's a phone number. The more the more options you give people to to make them uh, confident and comfortable to report these things, the less chance they're going to have of, of thinking going to have to do this shit by myself. Um, which it won't stop everyone. There will still be some people that are just like, I got this shit covered. Ha <laughs> ha. Fuck you, patriarchy. But um, there are a lot of people that will use the like proper means to do these things. Um, exactly. And help. I think the reason why people will will use the official channels to deal with these situations. Is purely because then they don't have to be the person being yeah. called out to be sensitive. They don't have to be known as the person who's like, "Oh my gosh, you should just get a you know, get a yeah. life and, and be funny and stuff." And it's like, "Well, my 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 humor is different to yours. I'm sorry. Like, I just don't understand that humor. You know." Yeah. It's not. It's not easy. I don't think. I don't think ever, dealing with humans is ever going to be easy. Uh, <laughs> Right. You know, I I find it funny that you know we call in in PHP conferences we call like uh, technical talks and soft skill talks. It's like, are you kidding me? People are the hardest things to deal with. <laughs> that's funny, and I think that's a pretty good place to uh, to to leave this. Um, but I would suggest one thing just to wrap it up. Uh, there's a lot of people who want to help. Um, a lot of people in one of the various pro camps who are are interested in seeing PHP have a code of conduct. And they are curious about what ways in which they can help. Um, my way is to try and educate the people who are me a few years ago in the way in which I managed to change my mind by by me realizing that these things happen a lot more than than I believed by seeing them by witnessing these things happen. Um, I made a 180 on my opinions, and and I now think that you know code of conducts are important, and that, that women aren't just in tech because they're not as interested. They are like. To think some really stupid shit, and I'm trying to help these people um, realize the same things I've realized by blogging about it and having conversations like these, and and trying to tweet examples and things like that. So that's my approach. There's a lot of people in the middle that aren't misogynists that they just they just don't quite realize what's happening and because they think that these things don't happen. They listen to people like Paul Jones and his paranoid delusions about what will happen. So that these people on the fronts are unfortunately going in towards the against category because they just don't quite realize the reality of the situation so i'm going to try and push them towards actually no we do need this like softly by, yeah. by doing that um what what approach would you have jenny and then ben um for me if you if you're not sure whether this happens or like you know i've had it where people say oh you know we had these problems a decade ago surely they're not still a problem you know i would say just just go and talk to some minorities or actually just try and pay attention to what's going on in the world and 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 just listen to people and listen and let people talk about it openly. Um, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things you can do is just pay attention to what's going around you. Like at the next conference, look at things and question it. Like actually, personally question: Is that acceptable to say that? Is that not? Um, if you're questioning these things already, then you know you're on the right tracks. So, you know, I'm not saying you should be constantly worried that you're going to say the wrong thing because ultimately as a human we will say the wrong thing just just accept that but what we need to do as a community is actually accept that when we do say something wrong we can apologize for it and yeah see when we actually do apologize about it um when you open your eyes up and actually go looking for these things you realize these things are happening way more often than you'd like to admit um yeah. 
and when you do see it, please, 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 you know, take Karen's words and say, that's not cool. Or even just say, why did you say that? What, what, what sparked your thought process to, you know, try and understand their thought process? And actually, a lot of the times people just go, oh, yeah, that was so not cool of me to say that. Um, you know, just, just being aware of it. You know, I think even if this whole COC debacle never happens, but it makes a lot more people aware of the problems that are happening. That's a positive thing, you know. Um, obviously, I'd like the CSE to go in, but, you know, if not, pay attention to your surroundings. Perfect. Ben? All right. So um, I would really just recommend people to not be scared to join the conversation. There's a, I've talked to a lot of people worth the trouble, and from my experience, there's a very vocal minority that's against this or against COCs in general, things like that. Unless the majority actually takes the time and the effort to speak up, then it seems like it's a very 50-50 split between the people that are for and against. So either if you're for or against it, I would just say join the conversation. Show your support for or against it. Don't be afraid to give your opinion. Um, because that's the only real way to, to show what the community thinks as a whole. And I think, from my experience with people I've talked to, that we're much more in favor of the Code of the Conducts and having outlets for people to feel safe than the people that are against that. But it's just um, a lot of times people that are for that aren't as vocal. So let's just really join the conversation, show what you believe in, things like that. And make sure you leave your pitchfork at home. We yeah. don't want or need a pitchfork mob. We It doesn't help anyone. So don't start screaming at people and being ridiculous. Um, and, and try and use polite words. I accidentally used the word tosser at a fairly early stage and had to uh, had to skip out of most of the conversation because people just kept bringing that up. Um, that doesn't mean anything particularly graphically gross in the UK, but unfortunately Americans who Googled it and found it on Urban Dictionary think it means something else. So oh. try and <laughs> try and use nice words. Yeah, if, if when a British person, there's the, the third definition on there says um, someone with which I do not hold in very high regard, right? And there's like 500 mm -hmm. upvotes on that, but it's unfortunately the third one and the, the one at the top is a bit more gross which is not what I'm thinking when I say tosser. I'm just like, ah, silly tosser. It doesn't... Yeah. Everyone's, well, an etym everyone's an etymologist all of a sudden when you use a word they haven't heard of, right? Everyone's like, well, that it came from an old thing. And I'm not talking about fapping. It's not the... <laughs> well, this, <laughs> this, is, this is a perfect example of cultural differences, you know? Mm -hmm. yep. I think, like, for, for example, for me, be calling a bin a trash can is just something I'll never get used to. But, yeah. <laughs> America, I was on a flight to the States and I asked for a bin to put, like, do you have a bin to put this litter in? Yeah. And they're like, what? And I was like... Did the same thing. They thought I was asking for a beer. I was like, a bin, a bin, and raised a can up. And they're like, oh, if you want a beer, I'll bring one to you, sir, but you need to stop shouting at me. I was like, no, that's not one. <laughs> yeah, so I my brother, who's eight years younger than me, to go, it's a trash can, Jenny. I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm so embarrassed right now that my eight-year-younger yeah. brother understood what I was trying to say and could translate it for me. That's hilarious. Yeah. Multiple differences that's... are hard. Take it for some Brits. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, ultimately... These are cultural differences, and you know, understanding these cultural differences is only going to make us, you know, a stronger community overall. Cool. Well, on that note, uh, thank you very much for joining us and for articul articulating your points so incredibly well. Um, yeah, it's been a great, way better than I would have done. So, thank you. <laughs> thank right. you. Radio. See you, folks. See ya.